This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll The shul of Reb Shner Zalman of Liadi, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, also known as the Alter Rebbe or the Balatanya. It was the custom that when someone was called up for an aliyah to the Torah, they were asked to wear a strimal. The circular, fur-brimmed hats that probably everybody has seen in pictures, if you don't have one yourself. And just in case somebody didn't have a strimal at the time that they were called up to the Torah, the Gabai in Reb Shner Zalman's shul had a spare Strymel, just in case. And it happened one time that there was a chassid who was called up to the Torah, and he didn't have his strymel. Now the Alter Rebbe was davening Shmonaisle, and he was in a deep meditation at the time. So the Gabai, realizing that he needs a strymel and the spare strymel was for some reason missing, he goes and he picks up the Alter Rebbe strymel, puts it on the head of this chassid. The chassid says the brachas, gets his aliyah, gives the strymel back to the Gabai, and no big deal. But when the Alter Rebbe finished davening and he reached for his strimal, he looked at it and he said to the Gabai, did somebody wear the strimal? And the Gabai said, yes, yes, Rebbe, it's really okay. It was just for a minute. You see, we couldn't find the spare strimal and we called this chassid up for an aliyah. He didn't have a strimal. So I lent him the Rebbe's strimal for just a minute. The Rebbe told the Gabai, I want you to take the strimal and go straight to the local strimal macher, the person who makes strimals and repairs them and tell the Strymelmacher to take apart all of the seams and all of the parts, stitch them back together, and return the Strymel to me. So the Gabai went straight away to the Strymelmacher, explained to him that this is the Strymel of Reb Shner Zalman, and the Strymelmacher understood that this was a great tzaddik, whose Strymel he was about to take apart. And so as he took it apart, he made sure to only have pure thoughts. He went to the mikveh before he began his work, Sometimes in the middle, he would go to the mikveh again, and if for some reason his mind was distracted, he would take apart the part of the strimal and re-stitch it only when he knew that his thoughts were pure and clear. And after he had done the work, taking the strimal apart, stitching it back together, attaching all the parts, he put it in the oven. As every good strimal macher does, of course in order to dry out the seams and bring the whole piece together nice and firm. Now normally the strimal would sit in the oven for approximately an hour. But for some reason, the strimalmacher, who had been making strimals for 40 years and had never left a strimal in the oven more than an hour, completely forgot about the strimal. He closed up the shop, he went home, And in the middle of the night, at three o'clock in the morning, he realizes that he left the Alter Rebbe Strymel in the wood oven. And for sure, at this point, it must be burned. He jumps out of bed, runs back to his shop, hoping that there isn't a fire burning down the shop. And he opens the door to the oven. And he sees the Rebbe's Strymel 
is burned to a crisp. There's nothing left. It's just a pile of ashes at that point. So now the Shreimelmacher isn't sure what to do. He thinks to himself, well, I do know how to make Shreimels. I could make a very nice Shreimel for the Alter Rebbe, and he would never know the difference. But then he said to himself, wait a minute. The Alter Rebbe knew that somebody else wore his Shreimel, and that's why he brought it to me. So what, I'm going to make a new Shreimel, and he's not going to know that I made a new one? And he realized he had no choice. He had to go to the Alter Rebbe and face the consequences. So trembling, he made his way over to the house of the Alter Rebbe and knocked on the door of his study and stood outside, unable to even say a word. And the Alter Rebbe, he looks at him and he says, What's the matter, my good man? Why are you just standing there? And the Shreimelmacher, he couldn't say a word, said, No, what's with the Shreimel? It burnt, right? It burnt to a crisp. And the Shreimelmacher said, Yes, Rebbe, I'm so sorry. And the Alter Rebbe said, Don't worry, my friend. It's exactly as it should have been. You can go home in peace. And wherever the Alter Rebbe got his future Shreimel from, we don't know. But one thing we do know is from that point on, the Gabbai made sure that the spare Shreimel was always around and never again touch the strimal of the Alter Rebbe. Here's one more story for you that was a little short, and, you know, I'm enjoying telling these stories. This is a story about Professor Velvel Green, who I actually knew because he's the father of a close friend of mine who used to live here in Jerusalem. Professor Green was a famous professor and speaker amongst Chabad Hasidim, and he worked in the NASA program trying to figure out how to find life on Mars and how to get, in theory, human beings to Alpha Centauri and other parts of the universe. Around the same time, in the 1960s, Rabbi Moshe Feller, a shaliach, an emissary of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, had become the chief emissary of the state of Minnesota. And he devoted a great deal of effort to get Professor Green to become more mitzvah observant. They had many conversations. And one day, Rabbi Feller calls Professor Green and he says, Velvel, I know you're traveling by plane somewhere. Can you do me a favor? Before you take this trip, call the airline and order a kosher meal. And Velvel said, Rabbi, you know, I don't keep kosher. And if I don't keep kosher at home, why do you think I should keep kosher on a plane? And the rabbi said, you know, there are going to be other Jewish passengers there. And when they hear that the illustrious professor, Velvel Green, asked for a kosher meal, it might inspire them as well. So do me a favor. What do you care? Kosher meal, non-kosher meal. Do me the favor and order a kosher meal. Professor Green said, you know, a rabbi, I don't know, but all right. Since we're friends, I'll do you the favor. It'll make you happy. I'm willing to do it. And so, Professor Green ordered the kosher meal. The next day, he gets on the plane, and the meals are being handed out, and the flight attendant comes and gives him a regular non-kosher meal. And the professor cleared his throat, <coughs> and he said so that everybody could hear, No, ma'am, I ordered a kosher meal. So the flight attendant said, Your name, please? And he said, Professor Velvel Green. And everybody turned around. Professor Green had ordered a kosher meal? So the flight attendant said, okay, sir, I'll be right back. And while the other passengers were eating their chicken parmesan or their steak, 
wiping their gravy with bread. The flight attendant was nowhere to be found, and the professor was getting very hungry. He kept smelling the food, and he was hungry, and so he pushed the little button. The flight attendant came back, and the professor said, where's my kosher meal? She said, yes, sir, we're sorry, we're still checking. A few minutes later, everyone had been served, and the flight attendant comes and says, I'm sorry, Professor Green, there must have been a mistake. We don't seem to have your meal on the plane. Now, since he didn't keep kosher anyhow, the professor was about to say, fine, just bring me a regular meal, I don't care. I mean, this wasn't his idea to start with. He ate all kinds of non-kosher food. But after he just made such a big deal that Professor Velvel Green had ordered a kosher meal, now he was going to say, fine, just give me a regular meal. But he was hungry. And he was angry. He was angry at the airline. He was angry at himself. He was angry at God. Couldn't Hashem arrange for him to have a kosher meal on this plane? I mean, after all he had done for the rabbi? And so he decided, okay, he's had it with the rabbi. And he's going to show it to him. And so he landed at Chicago O'Hare's airport in the middle of the night for a one-hour stopover. And there was only one store open, a non-kosher hot dog stand. And those hot dogs looked really good, plump and juicy. And there was even hot sauerkraut and mustard. So Velva Green, being very hungry, but more angry than hungry, he goes to the phone booth and he calls the rabbi collect. The rabbi answered the phone. And he thought, chas v'shalom, something terrible had happened. And Professor Green said, Rabbi, you should know that there is a very angry and hungry professor here. It's now late at night, and they did not have a kosher meal on the plane. And I'm starving. And I want you to know that about 20 feet from me is a hot dog stand. And I'm going to go and buy one of those hot dogs. And I'm going to put sauerkraut and relish and mustard and onions on it. And after I have the first one, I'm going to get a second one. And I just wanted to wake you up in the middle of the night, Rabbi, to tell you that that's what I'm about to do. The line was quiet for a minute. And then the rabbi said, Velvel, on many occasions in our conversations, you've asked me, what is the essence of Judaism? What does it all boil down to? And I'm going to tell you right now, tonight, on this telephone conversation, I'm going to tell you what the essence of Judaism is. Are you ready, Velvel? Are you ready to finally get the message? The professor says, no. The rabbi said, it's about passing the hot dog stand and not buying a hot dog. It's about getting on your connecting flight without eating that non-kosher hot dog. That's all of Judaism, and the rest is commentary. And the professor said, Rabbi, with all due respect... I always knew you were nuts. Now I know you're nuts. You mean to tell me that's what Judaism is about? Rabbi, every bite of this hot dog that goes down my throat, I'm going to be thinking of you and saying your name. I'm going to enjoy every bit of this non-kosher hot dog, and I'm going to do it in your honor, Rabbi. And then he hung up the phone. And the professor walked straight towards the hot dog stand. He stood in line and waited his turn, and just as he was about to place his order, something very strange happened. He tried to say, one hot dog, please. He wanted it, he was hungry, he was angry, and those hot dogs looked better and better every time they were rotating on the grill, but he couldn't do it. At that moment, Professor Velvel Green, he got it. It wasn't that he was stronger than the hot dog, 
or the hunger in his stomach. It was that God, Hashem, was stronger than that hot dog. And the professor needed to listen to Hashem, not out of fear and not out of guilt, but out of love. And that is Judaism. All of it. And the rest is commentary. And Professor Velvelgreen, he never bought that hot dog. Not then and not ever again. That was the trip that changed his life and eventually brought him to becoming a chassid of the Lubavitcher Rebbe and a fully kosher Torah-observant Jew. You see, my friends, sometimes one small little action can have a positive impact that lasts for generations to come. I want to thank all the listeners of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please make sure to share this with your friends. Leave a review wherever you listen. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook. That's the easiest way. Just send me a message. I see them all. My name is Barack Holman, B-A-R-A-K-H-U-L-L-M-A-N. I'd love to hear from you.